buying anything and ask myself, okay, well, do I really need this or do I just want it? Um, and will I be using it in the next year? If I know the answer is no, there's no point to buying it. Um, yeah, so like people these days, a lot of things that we waste money on um, can be going out for eating instead of meal prepping. I know a lot of people our age are too busy to meal prep or some of them just don't even know how. But <laughs> eating out gets expensive, especially if you're drinking alcohol when you're going home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely have lots of friends who have spent hundreds of dollars at a bar on a night out and you, no one really has the money to do that unless you're full-time job, not a student, don't have any responsibilities. <laughs> and I would say like even not going out, if you're buying like alcohol and you drink like three to five times a week even just like one beer or two every day that adds up mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. um and me being a server I definitely like spend a lot of money on alcohol um like almost every day after work and like as a server well, before this pandemic, it was a pretty decent job. You know, you're making like $40 an hour because of tips. Um, but, and then you feel like you can spend 50 bucks going out for drinks. But when you think about it, the amount of money that you're wasting and the amount of money that you could mm-hmm. be saving instead of spending, it's a lot. Yeah. So Camille, you told me the other day that you spent a lot of money on coaching you want to tell us about that? <laughs> uh, sure. So I started maybe like three years ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, but basically, like, I know people are scared to invest in themselves, but like, it does make a difference. And like, I wouldn't tell people to do things that I wouldn't have done myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have spent probably over $2,000 in coaching. Um, But then again, like, it's do it when you need it. Mm -hmm. Don't – I think the point of this video is (laughs) spend money when you need it, not just for fun. And, like, stuff like coaching is tough because, like, sometimes you can rationalize it, like, oh, well, it's good for me, you know, it's – going to be helpful for my future but like sometimes you get coaching and then you don't really use it mm. for like a long time you know and like maybe you could have waited till later on when you were going to actually use the coaching that you took and I think that was like my issue like be becoming a certified life coach like I got the coaching for it and beca- I became certified which is great but at the same time like I have yet to start my business Mm. so you know and it's just because with school and stuff like there's things that are more pressing and like more important than like starting my business right now and like getting like my actual university degrees are basically like top of my priority list so I should have thought about that more before getting my life coach certification and I should have like researched more about how tough it is to start a business 
and how much money it would cost to start a business. Um, yeah, because that's one thing that people don't realize, right? Like you have to pay for getting a website. You have to pay to register your business. You have to pay like all those extra fees that people don't realize go into a business. And it's like, oh, well, you're just being, you're just being like a coach. Well, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So what are ways that you can save just in general? Like what should you do when you're trying to save money? What's the first thing that you should do? Prioritize your needs <laughs> and cut out. See if you can cut out some things that you don't need. Yeah, exactly. Figuring out things that you don't need. So just understanding what you're spending money on and like what you're wasting money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, one thing that I found so helpful is I have an app on my phone that like counts everything that goes in and everything that goes out and then gives me like a summary at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And so I can see when I'm in the red from last month or if I'm in the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And apps are, can be super, super helpful when it comes to stuff like that. And like I know that even my RBC app tells me like what I'm spending money on. So like if I, it gives me like a pie chart. And if I look at like my goal is to always have it like like set up between like pharmacy, um, groceries, and gas. Like if I only see those or that's like the biggest chunk of my pie chart, then that's good. But like if my leisure or like the other category starts to push like 25% Mm -hmm. of my spending, then I know that that's not okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Issues with credit cards. So credit cards can be tough because... It allows you to spend money that you don't have, and it's usually pretty easy to do so. Mm. A lot of online shopping only takes credit cards or PayPal, but it's easier just to put your credit card numbers in. Um, And that can make it super easy. So honestly, one of the best things you can do if you have troubles with online shopping is probably get rid of your credit card and uh, deactivate any accounts you have online. You know, so your Amazon account or your Kijiji or obviously just a bunch of like regular online stores like Garage, Victoria's Secret, that kind of stuff, right? And one thing that like helps in general is that your laptop doesn't remember your credit card. So then you have to put it in yourself every time. And it gives you time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Camille, what are things that friends and relationships, um, how can they affect your spending? Um, well, I find when I'm in a relationship, I definitely spend more because I just like giving big expensive presents uh, to whoever I'm with. And I mean, sometimes it can bring some hard feelings because you feel like you spend more on the other person. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that you have to gauge and talk about. Um, But yeah, 
And when it comes to date nights, obviously that's going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, have you ever run into issues where like you felt that you were spending a lot on him and he was spending none on you or like vice versa where your partner felt that way? Um, so my first, one of my first relationship, uh, my partner was, uh, her family was in the low income. So, uh, Sometimes they had to decide if they had to pay like grocery or they had to pay transport. Yeah, like it was it was really hard uh, economically for them. Mm -hmm. So I ended up me and my family paying for most of the things for my partner. Like when we went out, when like gifts, um, when that person came with me on like vacation and stuff my family would always be the one paying mm -hmm. yeah yeah no it's like situations like that are really tough especially like mm, and honestly it can really affect a relationship when like the people are on like very different like economic levels mm -hmm. like um and I think like that's a huge factor in a lot of relationships and a huge reason why a lot of people oh, I've said it can be tough sometimes a lot but it's tough a lot of the times when people aren't like on the same level or like they prioritize their money differently like I remember like don't get me wrong he bought me really nice gifts and like whenever we went out for drinks and so on like he would always pay it's not like I drank a lot with him like we'd only go out for like wondering maybe two at a time um but I'm not super into gifts like I would prefer like he spent money on like experiences for us to have mm. you know um and it was kind of annoying because like he spent significant amount of money on like big toys like cars and really nice suits like stuff like that but then you know experiences such as oh I don't even know like just going places I think we went we went on like one little trip together um and like that was great but but that was that was it like I I'd much rather him save money on, like, not buy me the nice earrings, not buy me the nice necklace, not buy me the nice purse, but, like, we go do something with that money instead, you know? But yeah, I'm completely the same. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, he was, he was doing well. He was out of university, and it was his money, and I didn't want to, I guess, say too much because I didn't want to um, – like, at the end of the day, it's his money, and he can choose how to spend it the way he wants, right? Mm. Like, um, but, yeah. I don't know, it's tough. And then, like, sometimes both the people feel like they're spending so much, and they're not getting much back. You know, like, I remember this one relationship where, like, this, my ex was telling me, oh, like, I spent $5,000, like, on like our nice foods and like alcohol for us and like stuff like that and 
I literally like I have no idea how he spent that much on us because we didn't do anything he hadn't bought me any gifts and I had literally spent like a thousand dollars of money that I didn't have like before he went away on like gifts like visiting his family like that and then for him to like throw it in my face that like he's in all this debt because of me it like that's tough because both of us were feeling like we were giving so much and not getting anything back right and also like I feel like how people spend money is very like it kind of outlines their values and their priorities too Mm. right Mm so when they're spending it on things that you think aren't important, maybe you guys have different values and different views on things, which could just like be a problem later on. And maybe the problem isn't that they're spending money. It's that what they're spending money on and like how that makes you see them. And that's what scares you. It's not the fact that they're spending money. It's, how you see them from spending money on those things. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, and I think one thing also that we need to talk about is the fact that in a relationship, I feel like depending on where you are in your relationship and where you want it to go, but if you do see a future with that person, you kind of expect to have some kind of money for a future together, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that's a talk that like, after those first two months of like getting to know each other and so on. And when you decide to start dating, like, I've always had this idea where like I date to marry, you know, I'm not going to date someone if I don't see a future with them. Um, And so because of that, yeah, you should you have to have that conversation where like, okay, like, where do you want to be? A year from now like a lot of people are like oh just take relationships one step at a time and it's like yeah but like at the same time like if you can't see a future with someone why are you in the relationship to begin with mm. you know so when it comes to stuff like that like deciding to split on certain things or deciding that one person pays one time another person pays another time or when you start living together you know, deciding whether to have a joint bank account that goes towards like groceries or like stuff that you do together and then having your own bank account for your own stuff. Like there's like like things like that that you have to like take into consideration. Um, and like they're hard to talk about because like more often than not, one person is going to have more money than the other. And you're going to have to decide like as a couple if that person is making more money and has more money, then are they going to contribute more or are they not, you know, is it going to be balanced no matter what? And I mean, I guess it's tough. Like when you do that, because the person who's not making as much for like valid reasons, such as going to school or something like that, um, might feel cheated a little bit, you know, like, would probably stress out with how much money they're spending just because the other person had the money for certain things, Mm. you know? Yeah. And I think it's a part of money is the whole mindset of like being grateful for what you do have and not Mm. always just looking for what you don't. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's interesting. Like a lot of people spend money on things that are supposed to be stress relieving. But then in turn, like it, it's going to be more stress later on because you're going to be in like tougher financial situations for spending on money, too much money on things that aren't worth it and that aren't rewarding long-term, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about what, why it's so important to save. Um, well, let's talk about the future self again. So we talked about future self last week where like, do being healthy and like getting movement and like healthy food in your body now is going to pay off when you're older. Same thing with money, you know, like when you think about like spending $20 on going out to eat, imagine just like putting away that $20 and that goes into your, your retirement fund. And that's a huge thing. Like it's really tough when you're 20 year, years old to think, Oh yeah, I'm going to put money away for my retirement fund and you haven't even finished school yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm. really tough to think that way, but, like, imagine if every time you thought you'd spend $20 on food and you put that money away, you know? That adds up, yeah. And it's also, like, things like a house and a car. Like, it's so much better to have, like, a bigger first down payment so that way you don't have as much interest yeah. as you have to pay. Exactly. So less debt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, sometimes sometimes it's hard to, for people to find people to co-sign on certain things. Um, so like the more money you, you make, the easier, well, the more money you have, the easier it is for someone to trust you and co-sign on big, big purchases for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would add, um, because we're talking about the future self and like retirement, and if we see it even farther than that, which can be a little bit dark, but even like just funerals, they cost like between 10,000 and like 20, 30,000. That's a lot of money. But like when you're dead, your family or your partner is going to have to pay. So like yeah. little things like that, it's so important to consider as well, because it's not like you might leave some people in debt for you. Exactly. Exactly. And like, even just like for your kids, like later on, like when you pass and having something to give back to your kids, like I said, like to cover funeral costs or just maybe just to help them out in the future, to help them with their kids. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Um, I can talk about, about like what I do to save. Um, so I have like actual, like two saving account. I have like one for short term goals. So like getting a new haircut, finishing my tattoo, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like small things that, um, are not necessarily super big, um, but that I know I want the money to be ready and not just put it on my credit card and then have to pay it back. Um, and then I have another saving account that's really like long-term that I put money in there for like, if ever like 
going to the vet for my dog because it's expensive, um, traveling, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I I just have my checking account and my savings account, and like I try to like never ever touch my savings account, but like add a certain amount to it all the time. Um, and then my checking account. I like to keep the number in my checking account also pretty high just because if I do that, then I have a tax-free savings account where the bank gives me $25 for um, keeping a certain amount in my account for a certain amount of time. Mm. When my mother died, I was really in the mindset of like, well, you only have one life to live. So Mm -hmm. like YOLO, like all out traveling i went to three different countries in one year i spent so much money on shopping um and also because at the same time it was like my way of coping i guess Mm -hmm. but i spent so much money because i was like oh well you don't know you might die tomorrow too like Mm -hmm. you don't know what's gonna happen true you can just wait around your whole life but at the same time you have to plan ahead Mm-hmm. you have to find some kind of balance because if not like if something happens and you need money so like a car accident or anything like that like you're gonna be in huge debt yeah oh yeah 100 percent. and yeah my my boyfriend he grew up in a family where like well he only grew he only had his mom and she was on social services like the whole time that he was growing up. So they didn't have much money to begin with at all. And then when he moved out and started working and started making like a decent amount of money, um, he was kind of like that same mindset. Like he just didn't know how to save and was just spending on anything and everything to the point where like, in his early 20s, his credit was so bad that he couldn't put anything in his name. It had to be in his partner's Mm. name, you know? Um, And obviously, like, it took him years to finally get his credit to a point where it's good, you know? Yeah, no, that's such an important thing because if your credit score is bad, like, the bank is not going to trust you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then you're kind of screwed on trying to buy your own house or even buy cars. You know what I mean? Or even like if you want a new couch or a new bed or anything like that, like Mm -hmm. anything like that's kind of expensive, they're going to look at it. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, is paying attention to the type of credit card you have, you know, like making sure that the credit limit is really low Mm -hmm. on it like what's nice about like the student credit cards is that the limit on it is like 1500 to 2000 which means our interest isn't very high like it's easier to stop yourself from spending Mm -hmm. right whereas like you get a credit card whose max limit is 20,000 and you could be spending hundreds of dollars just in interest interest Mm -hmm. every month yeah, no, that's definitely something that makes a huge difference. And the other thing that I realized when I was shopping a lot is when you do pass your limit, like, it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
but also there's going to be extra fee. Yeah. Every time you pass it. Mm -hmm. So that adds up. <laughs> yeah. An issue that I had last year was I, I was with Scotiabank for a very long time. And there with Scotiabank, you could spend from your checking or your savings. And it didn't matter, didn't charge you anything. And a lot of the time I would keep most of my money in my savings account just to, so that I couldn't just tap. I would have to punch in the numbers, just another way to like mm -hmm. stop you from spending, you know, cause it's, it takes a little bit longer when you have to punch in numbers and stuff like that. So, um, often if I really need something like groceries or something, I just spend it through my savings account. Um, and then when I switched to RBC, um, it's different there. So if you ever spend money from your savings account, it takes out an extra $5. And I didn't know this for almost a year. And banks aren't that helpful and they really don't care about an individual human that much, especially if like it's just a few hundred dollars. But as a student, those few hundred dollars that I lost from simply spending my own money out of my savings account was huge like it was mm -hmm. like two, two months worth of rent right yeah no like things like that that's why it's so important to go ask an advisor mm -hmm. like when you set up your account like ask all of those questions like do you have fees to pay when you spend saving and stuff like that because that's definitely something that can get you in trouble if you're not aware of yeah it catches up with you real quick <laughs> Another thing, too, is, like, as a server, you make a lot of your money in tips, and so you get it in cash. And I think it's really important to learn how to save your tips. You know, like, as much as you can, only live off of what you get paid. And then your tips are only ever used for extra things, but you should always save, like, half of them every time. Like, every shift, basically. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. And also, too, like, like I said, serving, there's a lot of pressure to go out for drinks with friends. But, like, at the same time, even just anyone in their early 20s or late 20s, mm -hmm. early 30s in university or just living the single life, like a lot of time there's a lo there's lots of pressures to like go out and party. Um, obviously now with the pandemic, you can't really do that. But um, when this is before and like when this is over, it's probably like something to mindfully do, you know, like maybe go party once a month instead of every week. Mm -hmm. And you'll feel better too. You'll feel healthier. You'll feel more in control because you're wasting less time getting drunk and being hungover. And I have some friends who like, if they're hungover, they're not doing anything, you know? And then like, they're stressed because they didn't do the schoolwork that they thought they were gonna do Sunday after partying on a Saturday night. I guess what's really important is to remember that like, you might be in a lucky situation. Like if you're still at home and if you don't have to pay groceries, like, you're pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. 
yeah oh for sure for sure and I think for me like those stuff like that has been like the biggest thing to like uh like hold into account you know like the money I'll be spending on groceries the amount that I have to save every month for rent the amount that I need for gas like all that kind of things like my parents they they're really good like they give me a break on my rent so they pay part of it um and like if I'm ever running low on food like they're always bringing food when they can obviously like I still have to do like groceries three out of the four weeks a month but other than that like they'll definitely like help out like every now and then they pay for my phone bill and like the extra like car payments and so on so like they're very very helpful but like they're also like every year they'll pull back a little bit in what they're mm-hmm. gonna help me spend and so every year I'll have to like start like um just learning how to save more and learning like where my expenses are going and how to make sure that I can pay for everything and still save for the future. Yeah, I think that's really the best way to go about it with your kids and money is to give them more responsibilities every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then like, I know, I have some friends too that like, they are out of university, have, like, a full-time job and, like, a really, really good job. And, like, they still live at home, but they're making so much money that they have to invest it in things. So, like, they buy a condo randomly or they buy a car randomly just to, like, liquidate, not liquidate their money. I don't know, but get their money in other places. And, like, when that starts to happen, like, maybe consider moving out of your parents' place if you have that much money. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's another thing we can talk about, um, donations. Donations. Yeah. Like, yeah. for me, I think it's so, so, so important to donate to charities. Um, that's something I do every single month. Um, like, if you don't have that much money, give less. But if you have more money, give more. I strongly believe that what you give comes around and that you should be helping the ones in need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, it's really, really important to do that. But, like, I also think that there's also a time when to do that. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you have a lot of extra money and not too many expenses, then yes. But, like, if you're, like... You, like, for example, like right now in a pandemic when you're you're one of the people who have lost your job and like you're still in school or like you're trying to start school and something like that, maybe like donate later on when you have oh, yeah, for sure. more money to spend. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, let's talk about alternative way of making money. Some people love to, like, do babysitting, nannies. Something that we see more with people our age is, like, uh, websites of, like, finding sugar daddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, there's 
there's many websites out there and like I know that like on Instagram too like sometimes you'll just have like a random message by like, someone who's I know yeah who's like asking to be like your sugar daddy and stuff like that like it's so so common and like they've done surveys and stuff and like they've shown like 20 to 40 percent like depending on the school of like girl students mostly who are sugar babies Mm -hmm. because like they use that money to pay for their tuition because it's so expensive yeah exactly um and i mean it's a tough thing because like a huge question is how safe is that Mm -hmm. you know like what are the odds that you're gonna get you'll meet with someone and they're actually gonna like do something bad to you or like try to force something on you that you're not okay with or like even worse like kidnap you or like how do you know that this person's not a murderer you know Mm so oh with things like that like mm, I mean there's so many similar things too though like there's just things online where like people are like send me a pic and I'll give you like hundreds of dollars you know what I mean um but like stuff like that you have to be careful with because especially if you have an iPhone because the all those papers that you sign when you first get your iPhone like the 12 pages that you don't ever read but you just sign the bottom basically gives Apple the rights to every photo that goes up into the cloud so like every you have to think about the fact that like every single nude that you ever send is going up into the cloud. Yeah. I'll be honest here. I had a one, one of my boyfriends, he worked for a special company um, that did background checks on people. And he did a background check on me when we first started dating, which is, totally illegal but whatever I was like I was just pretty mad about it and I was embarrassed because obviously like isn't it's not uncommon for people our age to be sending nudes and I had sent nudes to guys before and he told me that there was like a lot of them and yeah I'm not surprised like I've had long distance relationships and, like, that's one way that people deal with long-distance relationships, right? Um, but bottom line is, like, every nude I'd ever sent was up in the cloud. And that's that's scary, knowing that, like, anyone who can tap into the iCloud is able to find those pictures, even after you've deleted it, even after the other person's deleted it. Like, it's still there. Yeah, that's definitely something scary, I find. Mm-hmm. So, like, when people are, at, like, asking for pictures for money, like, think twice about, like, how many people you want to see your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't care, great. But, <laughs> like, to each their own. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, did you see the study that was conducted the other day. It was like 
I'll read it to you. Apparently doctors found that I don't want to give away the punchline. So doctors now recommending that men receive at least one ass or titty pick a day during quarantine. Doctors are quote saying our studies show that men who receive at least one nude every day are happier and more productive. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sexual exploitation of like woman's body. Thank you. There's porn on there. If you want to watch that, watch that. But like, come on. Yeah. yeah. I would say bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't look into it very much. <laughs> anyway. well, and that's another thing. If you are going to watch porn, please do so. But um, watch something that is produced by a woman because it's most likely will be much more respectful because a lot of um we all know it the porn industry and the sex industry is like one of the biggest industry out there making money mm -hmm. um but the problem with it is again like sexual exploitation of the woman's body in most cases not all cases mm -hmm. um yes the woman is consentant most of the time but also there's a lot of pressure about like because oftentimes the director is a man most of the actors are men um mm -hmm. and all of that stuff so it's a lot of pressure on the woman so one way that you can counter that is by only buying porn made by uh produced by a woman and or I even couples like there are some married couples that do it And I've watched documentaries before of, like, and, like, some people love, like, their porn life. And, like, that's great. But, like, like you want to make sure that you're watching people that love what they do and don't just, like, aren't being exploited by it. You know? Like, um, you yeah. see. Yeah. And um, so one of the recommendations that I actually found uh, a while ago on Instagram, I think her name is Erica Lust. Mm -hmm. So she's a pornography woman producer. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, I mean, I guess it's a type of art too, right? You know? It's a different kind of acting, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so back to Sugar Babies. So you just really have to be careful, like, when you're doing stuff like that. Um... And, like, understand where your limits are. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I know some girls who, like, do it and, like, they love it. Like, they get what they want. They get the money they need for school and they get extra money for things that they just want to do. Um, but I also know some people who, like, they do it and they feel really bad for it. And then, like, they'll start doing self-destructive things and, like, sometimes try to do things to forget about it, like, drinking too much or doing drugs or like some like extreme cases like some girls might even kill themselves if there's a really really bad experience and like for men too I'm I know that there's like sugar moms out there um so yeah you just be careful and like understand like what you're okay with doing and be true to yourself like when you're doing it too mm -hmm. 
Um, one thing that I would add is related, but not completely related is, um, don't take for granted that a couple with an age difference is just a sugar baby and a sugar daddy. Yeah. Perfect. And that there is like, that person is a gold digger. Like it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a 20, 19, I don't know. There's a big age difference between me and my boyfriend, long story short. And yeah, it was, I guess it's tough sometimes, like just going places. And luckily he looks young, but like other times, like I have a baby face too. So like I look pretty young. So yeah, it was, it can be tough sometimes explaining like your relationship to people, especially when there's like a huge age difference. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like poker and like the casino and. Yeah. So obviously gambling can be like a huge, huge issue for a lot of people. And a lot of people just don't understand their limits or like they forget about their limits when they start playing. Um, and slot machines are a totally different demon than something like poker. A lot of the times because slot machines, you don't have to like learn anything. You don't have to think. You're just, you know, pressing a button and like watching it go, watching it go, watching it go. And uh, yeah, like it's a true thing to get addicted to stuff like that. Um, I don't know, like, I read a lot about it um, in school last year. Like we studied basically like gambling addictions, not poker addictions, but slot machine addictions for like six weeks probably. Um, Cause there's a lot of like psychological and like social things mm-hmm. that are intertwined in a gambling addiction. Like, the way casinos are set up, the way there aren't any clocks in a casino, the way it smells, the way it's easy to get booze and food, like all those things are all made so that you stay in the casino on the slot machine. Um, and like people go to extremes where like they wear diapers so that they, they don't have to leave to go to the bathroom. Um, they talk about getting into this zone while they're playing where like they're not no longer conscious about like what they're doing you know they're no longer conscious about um how much they're spending either you know um and obviously like that's an extreme case but like also like just for a normal human being like be careful how much money you're spending on like i guess totally chance things Mm -hmm. like gambling lottery cards and it's like, I feel most people are like, well, I don't have a problem. I don't spend that much because they spend only like five, ten, fifteen dollars a time, right? But it's also how often do you do it? Because at the end of the month, at the end of the year, it adds up. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to advocate for like blackjack players or like poker players where like there's a lot of skill involved too. And, like, if you're into playing games like that, then great. Like, play them. But um, make sure you're good enough when you start 
putting like a lot of money on it. Um, little win, I won my first poker tournament the other day, except I only play like 20 cent tournaments. So like, even though there's 70 people in it, I only won like $5, but still, you know, like starting off with little things like that, or like when you go to the blackjack ta table, go to like, like $5 blackjack tables or $10 blackjack tables, just, just until like you're good. And like, you know, that like you're going to win a tournament every few, like few times you play, you know, mm -hmm. if not, you could be wasting a lot, a lot of money. And if you just like that kind of stuff, then you can always just play free ones online. Like there's a lot of free things that you can like get invested in, you know? Okay, well, we can maybe just, like, mention a little bit about, like, how we've been saving money during this pandemic. Mm, I mean, it's a lot easier to save money during the pandemic because you have no places to go shopping. I mean, there's online shopping, <laughs> which can be tough. Well, for example, like, for me, I've been saving between, like, around a hundred just on gym membership any really beauty treatment you save around like 100 to 100 dollars a month yeah sure. yeah i mean like i honestly didn't like i think most of my money like before the pandemic went to like eating out and like drinking mm -hmm. <laughs> and like yeah definitely since the this whole thing started like I drink a lot less like obviously we don't eat out um and like yeah I've, I've saved a lot because of that do you spend a lot on online shopping or no well I wasn't uh but now with the pandemic I have <laughs> so basically all of the money that I was spending on gym membership and <laughs> beauty treatment is now going towards like books <laughs> that I buy online mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah yeah no I get that oh books though books is not a bad thing to spend money on especially if you can read them and especially right now because libraries are closed so mm -hmm. you can't really get the book elsewhere yeah exactly and one thing that I love doing is switching books with my friends yeah trading books mm -hmm. it's a really good idea I think in quarantine, a lot of people have saved money because of it, you know, whereas like, at the same time, like a lot of people are also like, not sure about the future when it comes to work, mm -hmm. which is scary too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that is it for today. Um, so subscribe to our YouTube channel, if you haven't already. Um, and a thumbs up, like, like it. It's what I mean by thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I hope everybody has a good week on the next episode next Thursday. Mm -hmm. We have a special guest, so it'll be exciting. Mm -hmm. And we'll be talking about money. Thank mm -hmm. you.